Brooklyn, I guess, or Manhattan, and his wife, we used to call her Screaming Ann. Because, boy, I'll tell you, she didn't need a microphone. Well, are you ready? You know, after all of this, I think we're ready for a blessing. I think we're ready for some prayer. So if you would join me, this is from number 6, 23 to 26. And this is from the Word of God. God specifically said this to Aaron. When they, even before, you know, while they were just getting together and assembling things and out in the wilderness, this is what he said to them. Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Now, we're all Israelites. Don't, don't forget that. We're all part of Israel. Okay? No anti-Semitism allowed here. We're all Israelites. This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make your face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now, you know, this, this, bless, this particular blessing is very meaningful to me. And I, you know, if you know me the last couple weeks or months or so, I've been running around this place and blessing everybody, okay? And once in a while I get a blessing back. Practice it. There is nothing more beneficial or wonderful than to receive or to get a blessing. My father used to pray that every night before I went to sleep. I think I've told you that before. I didn't understand it to begin with. The first couple years he prayed in Hebrew, and I didn't understand it. But eventually he started praying in English. And you know what? It was such a blessing. And he told me, don't ever not pray to your children every night that blessing. And I'm going to tell you why, because there's all kinds of scripture about how important a blessing is. So let's kind of get into the word now. And uh, one of the words in the blessing, the ironic blessing, is the word bless. Okay? A blessing gives a sweet release from troubles and from difficulty. It's sacred, okay? And in Ephesians 6.18, we read, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We, we, have, we have a privilege and an obligation to pray for God's people. And when we give people a blessing, we're praying for them. And I'm going to tell you all the things that come out of giving people a blessing in, in just a few moments, but we're called to do that. So let's remember what God wants from us and what Jesus wants from us is obedience. And this is his word. Now, the next important word that is in the ironic blessing is the word keep. Okay? Well, what's keep mean? Protection. Security. Watchfulness. 
We read in Psalm 121.8, The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. It also means to hold on to. Okay? He's going to hold on to us. He's going to hold on to us. And when we impart this to other people, and remember to do it to ourselves, when I'm out walking or jogging, I, I don't like to go with other people. I know there's all kinds of hiking groups out there. I go by myself because I like time with the Lord. It gives me time to, to, to do some prayers, get myself right if I'm not fully right. And some mornings I'm not necessarily fully right at 6 in the morning. But it's such a wonderful thing to know that he has put his arms around me. And he keeps me. He keeps me. What does he keep us from? Think about it. He keeps us from harm. He keeps us from Satan. Okay, he keeps us from the devil. He keeps us and he protects us and he blesses us. And so that's another thing that we see in this ironic blessing, which to me is the cornerstone. You know, I've been going around the last month or two. During Christmas, I was wishing everybody Merry Christmas. Not season's greetings, not happy holidays, you know, but Merry Christmas. And only twice did somebody not respond back and either say thank you or Merry Christmas. The other, the other two just didn't say anything. Nobody ever said, well, keep your Christmas greeting to yourself. Well, the last month or two, I've been going around everywhere I go. And again, this is not the most bold thing that I will ever do or any of us will ever do, but I bless each person I run into. God bless you. Have a nice day. God bless you. And again, I will get, there'll be three kinds of ways somebody will respond to that. They'll thank me. Thank you. Or they'll, God bless you, they'll say to me. The third one is silence. But I've never had anybody say to me, take your blessing back. I don't want your blessing. Everybody wants a blessing. Even if they know it or not, they want a blessing. And we're going to get into why, even after the fact, a blessing is so meaningful and so important. Okay, the next important word here is the word face, okay? The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The face is the presence of God. You know, the children, the Hebrews, in, in, in the wilderness, God wanted to speak directly to them, but they were afraid to hear his voice. And so they said, Moses, you go up. And maybe you go up too, Aaron, maybe a, a couple steps up. But they didn't want to hear his voice, okay, because they knew they would have to face him. And you know, when we face God, and he may never ever fully face us, but when we face him, everything comes away. Whatever it is we're holding back, whatever it is that we need to get right about, in his face, you know, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look upon 
his beautiful face. That's a song I think we've maybe done a couple of times here. And so his face, I mean, his face is so meaningful and it brings us to a point where we need to completely be in him. And then we have the word gracious. The Hebrew word for grace and gracious is chesed. Okay, my wife has a little necklace that, that says that. It means, and, and in gracious, uh, we see Isaiah 40, 11, chapter 40, verse 11, and there's some other scriptures here too, Matthew 5, 7 in the New Testament. Gracious means gentle, forgiving, allowing, kindly, okay? It's also in Matthew 5, 7, but you know what? In Hebrew... If you go back all the way to Hebrew and the Greek, what it means, the word grace or gracious means to have a fence put around you. To have a fence put around you. You're protected. It's another way he says, through my grace, you're going to be protected. I'm going to envelop you. I'm going to wrap you in me. That's what his grace means. And there are days we may not always feel that it's there. But you know what? It's there. It's there. When I think about all the times that Jesus walked with me long before I knew him, and I've known him for 43 years, but even then I think about all the scrapes he got me out of, okay? I was never a bad kid. I was a pretty good kid. In fact, maybe I was too good. But, you know, I always made mistakes, and I always, you know did things that maybe I shouldn't have done. But you know what? I always knew he was with me. And you know, whether you're a believer or not, and I know we're all believers here, he is always with us, and he's placing that fence. And so one of the prayers I do in my mind, we talked about Satan, you know, and I mentioned a couple weeks ago, Satan cannot hear your thoughts. He cannot read your mind. But if you ever get to a point where in your mind, you're questioning something or you're upset about something. This is where it starts out. In your mind, you can fix it up. You can fix it. And one of the ways I do is, Lord, ah, maybe I had a harsh word with my wife. Put a fence around me. I'm forgiven. Lord, forgive me. Put a fence around me and remember me. I'm so sorry, Lord. So that's the word gracious. And then the last word is a word that has five or six meanings in Hebrew. And that word is peace. Okay? It means hello. Whenever you meet somebody in Israel, you say peace. Or you say shalom. Or you say shalom alechem, which means peace uh, unto you. And then when you say goodbye, you say shalom. Well, we used to, you know... <laughs> We Jews, we Jews can make, we can have a little fun with ourselves. The word shalom, we just didn't know whether we were coming or going, so we used it both times. You see, you see, we use the word shalom both times. But that is such a rich word, such a beautiful word, such a, a word. You know, because the peace that he says here is not something that we make up, or something that you know suddenly pleases us or something. It's a peace that I challenge you. You should have all the time, knowing 
that he's there, knowing that he's with you. And so, again, this, you know, we have a number of scriptures there, too. And uh, one of the ones that I have written down here is Psalm 133.1. Boy, you want to talk about blessing and praying. Uh, it must, I, I don't remember the exact number, but it's two or three hundred times in the Psalms, both words. In peace, and Psalm 133.1, the word says, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Now, that's what this word peace means, rest. Resting in him. Knowing that, again, you have all these other things working for you. All these other aspects of the ironic blessing. But in your lives, take that ironic blessing and put them in your life. Now, what are the benefits? There are benefits of giving blessings. Okay? Number one. Giving a blessing shows care and love. It can provide comfort to someone because you don't know if somebody was out of sorts at that particular moment or so. So that's one of the benefits that we get from giving blessings. And you know what? When somebody gives me a blessing, it gives me comfort. And you know what? It also kind of becomes like a stop sign. It, it says to me, I've been blessed now. I better, you know, I'm not, I got to be, I got to be good here. I got to be a good boy here. So that's number one. It shows care and love and it can provide comfort. Number two, it indicates interest in someone else's life. Okay? When you give somebody a blessing, you're showing that, hey, I'm taking a moment or two because I'm interested in you. you know? And every blessing I've given here, you know, and, I, and I'm, no, I'm no shining light here, but I want you to know that I care about you and I'm interested in what's going on in your life. And that brings us to a couple more points here when it comes to the blessing, to the benefits of blessings. Number three, it provides hope and encouragement. Okay? A blessing provides hope and encouragement. There's so many of those things go, that can come into you when you get that or you can give it. And by the way, when you give a blessing, you're just as blessed as a person could be when they get it. So again, like I say, I, 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 I do it, I give it, and uh, I, I remember that it also indicates interest in someone else's life and it provides hope and encouragement. It also shows high value. It shows high value in the person that you're blessing. You know, hey, you're important, and I want to give you a blessing. You have value. Now, you know, one of the things in society that I, I've experienced a lot, and maybe some of us long-term old believers, is so many people don't think a whole lot about themselves. They feel undervalued, like, you know, I deserve whatever happened, or I can't be what it is. Let me tell you something. We all have tremendously high value. We have it in the eyes of God, and we should have it in the eyes between all of us. So we show high value for that person. And when somebody blesses me, or even says back to me, God bless you, after I've said it to them, 
I feel like, wow, okay, I can go out and, you know, I can pick up my sword, you know, and I can, I can wield it in the name of the Jesus. Number five, this is important. It can open up further dialogue. You bless somebody, and they may well begin to say, well, thank you, I needed that. I'm, uh, I, I got a little bit of a hurt today or something like that. It opens up dialogue, another way of showing you care, another way of showing interest. And so it's, it, it's another good benefit that can make you feel better and make the other person feel better. It opens up dialogue. Most people will say something back to you, just as I've experienced, even with strangers, you know. And you know what, I, I tell you, I, I told this story before. Uh, we were living in Norfolk and Virginia Beach, you know, there was 40% military there. And when, when we decided to come up here to the frozen north <laughs> to, be, to be with our grandchildren and daughter and son, People said, oh, no, are you going up to New England? Oh, man, there's, oh, man, that's worse than Nazareth. <laughs> it's dead. And the people are not very kind. They're not very nice. Well, you guys are different. And let me tell you something. Don't ever take it for granted. Okay? I mean, don't ever take the fact that Whatever it is we have, it's a little bit different. And one of the other things that I have run into and has been very, very... <laughs> yes, we are. We are a peculiar people, <laughs> a chosen people. But, you know, another thing that surprised me is people smile at you. They say hi. I got news for you in Chicago people had their hand on the wallet when you said hi. I mean, or even in Virginia Beach or Norfolk, you know, people were all right, but, you know, on the street or in the malls or anywhere else, you get that. I get that here. And I hope you can sense that too. If you smile at somebody and wish them a good day, a nice day, I guarantee you oh, nearly 100% of the time they're going to say that back to you. Now, maybe that's not the most important thing going on that day for you or that person, but it's, it's an affirmation. It's an affirmation for them to know that you care about their day and you want it to be a nice day. Now, the next one is it fosters an atmosphere of trust. If somebody comes up to you and, and wants to bless you, it, it fosters an atmosphere of trust. You feel more kindred with that person. And you feel like, well, you know, wow, maybe I can trust this person. Maybe not immediately to share anything like that, but you might look at that person a little bit differently. And you might say, well, that, that's a person that, okay, I can trust that person. And maybe I can comfort that person if I ever have a problem. Now, you know, I, I do a lot of those strange things in my life, and I don't think this one's strange, but when somebody asks me for prayer, I don't say, I'm going to pray for you, or, you know, I'm going to go home, go hide in my closet. I will most of the time pray for them right away for a number of reasons. I'm old and I forget things, okay? But secondly, I want them to know right away, right away that you're 
request, your need is important. And I want to pray for it right then and there. So that's another, I don't want to call it a technique, but it's another way of fostering relationships and trust and love between people. And let me tell you something. In a world that has a hard time really knowing what the definition of love is, a place like this comes as close to it as possible. We're the family. If you can't share with us, you can't share with anybody. We are your family. And this isn't Las Vegas, but what happens here stays here. <laughs> what happens here at Grace, Grace, that's my old church where I got saved 43 years ago, at Praise Chapel. What happens here stays here. Okay? And other than the fact that it gives us an opportunity to think about you and pray for you if you have that need or something that you want to discuss. So those are some of the things, some of the benefits that can come out of a blessing. Okay? And I was just driving around the other day, you know, and I'm just thinking to myself, gosh, I'm contented. Why am I contented? Okay, I'm contented. I know I'm contented in the Lord because he's working on me. He, he, he never stops working on us. We should never think we made it because once we think we made it, we're in trouble. You know, I once got a, a medal for humility, but when I wore it, somebody took it off of me. <laughs> you know? We're never where we should be, but we can be where we could be. Another interesting quote, as I was studying the four different ways you study the Bible, and maybe someday I'll teach a little bit on that, but what it says is, it's not as important for us, it's not as important for us to understand the Bible so much as it is, it's not so much, I'm going to blow it, I'm not going to get into it, but what it comes down to is it's important that we get it into us, that the Bible gets into us. Not that, and I mean, I, I'm all for commentaries. I'm all for all of these things, you know, but the Word is so special, so, so beautiful. And so when I do look at it, the four ways that I've learned to do or, or I'm practicing to do it, I, I remember that it's good that I can read it but am I absorbing it? Am I taking it in and, taking it in is one thing, but am I using it? Am I expressing it? Am I using it? And so, again, I do different kinds of things that make me a little bit different. Well, there are certain elements to a blessing. Okay, not that it's rote, not that this is the only way you do it, but here's some guidelines for how to do a blessing. Okay, number one, A, meaningful touch. Just meaningful touch. You just go up and you say, brother, can I pray for you? Just meaningful, and let me tell you something. Nothing beats a meaningful touch, you know. And again, you don't go leaping on people. You know, you've got to be sensitive about it. But I don't think anybody can be offended by a shoulder tap. Okay, uh, the only time I was offended by a shoulder tap was when the sergeant, uh, <laughs> when the, never mind. Anyway, 
So, meaningful touch, where appropriate, okay? A meaningful touch can be a hug, hand holding, a shoulder pat. A touch conveys closeness and sincerity. It can create a bonding in the spirit. Jesus used meaningful touch often in his relationships. <coughs> Oftentimes, he did that. He touched people, you know, or, you know, I mean, so a meaningful touch, that's one of the elements that you can use in a blessing. Number two, spoken words, obviously. What we say and how we say it can be a powerful force for good or bad. And we see that in James chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Okay? We see that it says that that tongue may be the smallest part of our body, but it can be something for good or something for not so good, for bad. So, Spoken words, okay? Prayer should not be an I'll pray for you thing, as I've just expressed. I believe it's something that needs to be done on the spot. Because if a person has had the desire and the willingness to tell you about something that they're going through, I'm not going to take it home and try to remember it, although sometimes I'll take some notes. But I want to pray for that person right away. Even if I'm going to pray for you, brother, right now. Just a, a line or two. So the spoken word is so important. And it's timely. It's timely when you're giving a blessing. Three, again, as I mentioned before, it's an expression of high value. When we express high value, we are saying that person is important, has meaningful needs now and in the future, and it fosters hope. Now in the Old Testament... Okay, in the Hebrew, high value meant bending at the knee. It meant bending at the knee. Okay, the, word for high, the words for high value in Hebrew meant bending at the knee. So what we're doing, even though we're not physically maybe bending at the knee, if I was bending at the knee, you'd have to help me, help me up. You know, but what it shows is that I'm giving myself to you. I'm bending myself to you as a show of, Honor and respect and love. So that's another aspect of another element. And we see that in, the, in, the, uh, in Genesis chapter 49 when Jacob gives all these blessings to his sons. And by and large, mostly they're positive. Even though on first reading you say, well, gee, when you say that... Uh, uh, this one is a lion's cub, or this one is, you know, it, it's a blessing to their strength and to what they can be in their lives, okay? Some of, the, some of the blessings that were given, Judah is a lion's cub, and as a lion who dares to rouse him up, okay? He's going to succeed, okay? Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a spring. And you know about the, the importance of living water. Living water. Mikvah, baptism. Living water was very, very important then and it is now. Dan 
will provide justice for his people. Asher's food will be rich and provide delicacies fit for a king. Moses, in his closing prayer in Exodus 33, also gave word picture blessings to the sons of Jacob as they were about to enter Canaan. Okay? Once again, he reminded them of what was going to happen, and he gave, and he gave the whole oral history of the Hebrew people because we're not sure quite for sure when things were written down and became part of written, uh, written, written law. Also, when one of the elements to a blessing is picturing a special future for that person. It doesn't necessarily have to be prophetic, okay? But the words of Isaac to Jacob, okay, in Genesis 27, verses 28 and 29, he prayed for a future of bounty, leadership, respect, and favor. Well, I mean, you know, who, I mean, I don't think that puts us on the ropes, you know, to, uh, to be either proved or not proven, you know. But who wouldn't accept that? Who wouldn't want to hear something like that? You know, you're going to have a good week. You're going to be all right. Everything's going to be good. So it pictures a special future. And I got to tell you something. My dad, he wasn't so sure about what my future was going to be. <laughs> uh, I was not the consummate Jewish son. He wanted a doctor. He wanted an accountant. Me, I wanted to play football and be a coach. You know, I mean, he, he said, and, and he never went to any single one of my games. But that was okay. Because for me, that's how I, you know, I enjoyed it. But... So he never knew for sure. My grades were never that great, even though somehow I stumbled through college and graduate school. But, you know, he never, I won't say he never, but he never expressed. He never expressed. But I think I've told you this story, too. I'm big on telling stories over and over again. Six times and you remember it. He never met Patricia, my wife-to-be, except for about four weeks before he passed away. But we... He used to sit in the park with his cronies, you know, sit in the park and just talk with them. And, you know, and so we came up to him and he places his hand upon Patricia. And he gives her the ironic blessing and he gives her some further blessing. And what he's basically, and the blessing to her was almost like a slight to me because he says, you know, I don't know about Norm, but you know what? You're good for him, he said. You're good for him, Patricia. And I feel a lot better that you know him now. And, that, and so what's important here is my wife in all her life never got a blessing from her parents or anybody. Her dad was abusive uh, verbally. He was an alcoholic. Her mom was scared to death of him. So she never grew up in a house that had blessing. So whenever, if I'm at a confirmation or if I'm at a baptism or something, if I have a chance, I'll go up to the couple with the child and I'll say, look, remember to pray this blessing from Numbers chapter 6 every time. 
You don't think it's important, but your child, your children will never forget it. They'll never forget that you imparted that blessing to them. Uh, we're doing okay. I'm a okay. Also, it requires an active commitment. Okay? Commit the person being blessed to the Lord. It is God who hears the prayer and blessing. The emphasis should not be on us. Commit to remembering that person by following up, offering further prayer. Seek their general well-being by showing interest. Now, who's, who's our prototype for that? Think about it. Jesus. Jesus oftentimes returned to people to kind of do a gut check with them. He did it with the blind man. Because the blind man was semi-testifying to the, ra- to the rabbis in the temple. Uh, I don't know who it was, but all I know is I can see. Jesus came and sought him out and said, you can see now, right? And he says, yes, and now I know that you are the Lord. You are Messiah. So, again, there's some active commitment. If there's something we can do, if something's been expressed, in a need or something, if there's something that we can help out with or something we can do, we should do it. Proverbs says that we're not to wait for somebody when they need help, but we're to be discerning and sensitive and know enough around what we see that we should just go forward and help somebody. Okay? And oftentimes, we just need to do it. You know, sometimes it's embarrassing when we say, hey, do you need a, a bag of food or something? Or do you, you know, but... We need discernment and understanding. We need to look around, and as we see each person being made in the image of Jesus, in the image of God, we need to remember that, can we do anything for you? Can we help you with anything? Do you need a ride? I keep begging Jeanette for delivering, I want to deliver groceries during the week, you know, to the families. I never hear back from anybody. I'm asking again, in public here, Jeanette, I want to be able to start delivering some of these things. Because, folks, in case you didn't know, no matter how much food is out there, it's all going somewhere to some family. No matter how much it is. And there's still plenty left for us to have. I can't tell you. Thank you. Let's be sensitive to time. What time are we supposed to end? It's a quarter to 12. All right. we'll, we'll, We'll wrap this up quickly. Okay. So, those are some of the elements to prayer. We have good examples for prayer throughout the Bible, and I'll be very quick about this. In Psalm 1, we see the love of God's law, remembering His teaching for long life and peace, not neglecting counsel. Psalm 1, examples of blessings. Psalm 15, we abide in God's love, dwelling in His Holy Spirit. Proverbs 1, we get wisdom, instruction, discernment, and understanding from God through blessings. And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we trust in God and depend on Him for understanding. And in Proverbs 3, 7, and 8, we value God above all else. We're doing it for Him, and He brings it to those people. 
So we value God above all else for healing and refreshing. Now here come those two famous words. In closing, okay, very quickly, Zechariah 3.10. We are called to God to bless others. Okay? We are called to bless God and others. Isaiah 52.7, it is the best thing we can do. I mean, there's a lot of great things we can do, and maybe that's a little hyperbole, but that's what Scripture says. Isaiah tells us that in 52.7. In James 3, we should look for opportunities to bless, to bless people. Genesis 12.3, blessing others is a privilege. Because let me tell you, when you pray for somebody, I don't care what your problems are, they go away. Because you suddenly realize that, hey, you know, maybe he's got no shoes, but I've got shoes. You know, I'm able to walk. And then finally, Proverbs 22.1. It's a good thing people can say about us. Okay? Not that that's what we're looking for. But you know what? I've sensed a little bit. Now, you know, I, I spent two years here not wanting to hug anybody. I was not a hugger. Okay? I didn't like to hug people. And it took a while for me to get comfortable with that. But you know, since I've been doing some of these things, I feel so close to people. And you know what? Even people who I'm surprised by will come up and hug me, you know, and just touch me. And so that shows that if nothing else, even if you don't show it to me, it's a good thing that you can do. The other thing I want to give for a quick commercial in is that in the bulletins, our pastors have Mondays off. That's their day for the Lord. Okay? But if anything happens on that day or any other day, you can contact any of the elders or any of the deacons. And we're there for you. We're there to help you out. So again, let me close with the ironic blessing which God told Aaron and his sons. This is how you are to bless the Israelites. That's all of us. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. I pray that you can feel that in your hearts and in your spirits. I mean, we came... We, we came real close to that. And the only reason I didn't stand up and jump and dance and everything is because I was standing all morning here. And so I don't have that kind of energy anymore. But may the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you for sharing this with me. Remember, a blessing is never untimely. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, gee, I have four more pages. The day is coming when we may need two services. Three or four. Thank you. Well, be blessed.